2: Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton and Ray Hunt Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at RayHunt84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter In That Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook If you've got any questions for the show if you need bothered, bother to send us an email to podcast at gmail.com Leave us a 5 star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts Share, subscribe and give us good vibes Let's go
0: Uh, Welcome to a special episode of In That Number. This is episode 174. Proud to be part of the Sports Social Network. Uh, A rather unusual one for us today. In the previous 173 episodes, we've covered everything Saints. Today, we'll be straying off that topic as Nathan Jones prepares his troops uh, for another Project Restart. Instead, we have England versus USA, uh, a special fixture for us here at ITN. A lot of our loyal listeners are from across the pond, so we feel we cannot let this fixture just slide without giving it the attention it deserves. So it's England versus USA. It's World Cup 2022, and it's definitely coming home. With me today, representing England in the white and red corner, we have the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. How are you, Kevin?
2: Yeah, I'm all right.
0: This is the World Cup, Kev. Come on.
2: I, I, this is the least excited I've ever been for a World Cup.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's the it's the whole things that you know the cloud that's hanging over it and the fact that it's in the winter doesn't help. But yeah.
2: And how England have fared in the, in the last two have just put me off.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll mo- we'll get more into that into the Nations League in a bit. But yeah, I, I I see your point. And in the red, white, and blue corner we have of course Tim Bezantz, T Bizzle. How you doing, Tim?
3: Life is grand here, in good old US of A. It's the week of Thanksgiving, so short week for all of us. And it's
0: also my birthday week as well. So.
3: Oh, well, Actually, happy, on Thanksgiving. Well, I will be celebrating by sticking a drumstick in my mouth, thanks to you.
0: Yeah. Um, but yes, it wouldn't be fair for two Englishmen to gang up on the American. Uh, so to even the sides up a bit, we have the host of Blue Shirts Breakaway and friend of the show, I hope, anyway especially after this, uh, Greg Kaplan. Greg, how are you feeling?
1: Oh, well, you cannot write a script like this one. It's World Cup here.
0: Yes, I can't believe it. I mean, it was just when the draw was made for this, I was so excited about it. But yeah, England versus USA. Amazing. But um, guys, how are we feeling about the World Cup in general? Because, you know, it's upon us now. It's kind of snuck up, didn't it? Uh, and starting under that massive cloud that I mentioned. And I know people that you know, people are choosing to boycott it. You know, that's fine. But yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the controversies that have dragged this tournament into the mud?
2: Oh Christ! I mean, you know, starting with the, the choice of the location for a number of reasons, uh, it's outrageous, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Logistically, from a human rights perspective, and uh, it's mind-boggling. But yet yeah, we're here. It's 2022 already. Uh, it's happening. Um, yeah, there's not much the teams can do about it. Nobody decided to boycott it. Um, Chris, it starts in in about an hour and a half, doesn't
0: it? It does. Yeah, that humdinger of a game, Qatar against Ecuador.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be sold out. <laughs>
3: First and foremost, there's what 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 kev just said, it's it's completely it's completely baffling to me, but then it's not because money talks. So when you put it in perspective that a country with a serious record of human ab- human rights abuses on top of the desire to create what is effectively and may even end up being a fire festival type type event after this, is a glitz and glam as a novelty project. All in all, um, there's just so many fallacies. You can think about it. Um, I just don't know. I don't even know where to begin outside of that. They shouldn't they shouldn't be hosting this. Now, with that said, am I going to support the team? I'm going to support the team, but I'm not going to support the country or the venue or um, the You know, say that it, and give a infantino type speech and defend them for any reason whatsoever. Yeah, did
0: You did that as well. I did. Yeah. Absolutely. outrageous.
3: Fucking mental.
0: <laughs> what, what do you yeah. expect? What do you expect? I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, I, it's... Ray, you and I have talked off-pod about this before, and it's it sucks that one, it's in Qatar, given the human rights record, given what it took to make these stadiums, given the size of the country, given everything... Like, from the American perspective, this country is the size of Connecticut. I grew up in Connecticut. It takes you two hours to drive from end of the state to end of the state. I can't imagine there being a World Cup-sized event happening in the state of Connecticut. It's just ridiculous. You go into the fact that they had to move it from the summer, when there are no sports except baseball, to Thanksgiving week, essentially, and up, lead up to Christmas, where there are so many sports that you're overwhelmed, so you're not going to necessarily have the fanatic energy to watch every game. And then it was bad enough, and Infantino gets in front of a microphone and essentially goes... You know, a lot of people, like, he whataboutismed atrocities, <laughs> and it's just, oh, my God, man, how could you, could you be more tone deaf? Like, and, and the, the, the thing that really blows my mind about it is Infantino was, it was Sepp Blatter. So Infantino <laughs> could just put everything on Sep and really put the blame somewhere else and make himself look, I mean, you can't look great, you're running FIFA no matter what, but you can make yourself look better, you can really polish that turd. And he's like, instead of polishing the turd, what if I just take a dump on top of the dump? And what if that helps? And try it all if, in your fucking faces. Yeah, if, if I make it smell so bad, you think people will stop talking about it? Or will they talk about it more? It's, it's the most tone-deaf tournament that's ever been put into place. And uh, it, like Tim, I'm obviously going to watch. I'm obviously going to cheer for the U.S. I'm obviously going to get excited. I'm not going to feel clean about it at any point, though.
0: No, exactly. I think that's 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 how I feel about it in general. And the, the whole Infantino speech is not, yeah, it's just it's, it's it's bad. It's bad, and everything that's that's happened in the build ups to just seems to be getting worse as well. And and I know on Friday they announced that the alcohol will be banned from the stadiums as well. Not the you know the massive the massive point, but it's just just a very late decision on that, and it's. Again, more things that are happening at this World Cup that are making me think: Oh, should I really be watching this right now? Uh, are we going to see any any bootlegging? Do you think?
3: No, or if they do, that we're not going to hear about it because the last thing that Cutter uh, is going to want to do is uh, talk talk about that. They're just going to they would just automatically deport anybody and not make a big deal about it. They've already made a big deal and an issue about all these things. And to me, it's like the old uh, it's like the old Simpsons episode where, well, Mr. Mr. Burns is, he went to the doctor's office and they're trying to realize all the diseases that he has going through the door and that none of them can fit together. So they're all in perfect harmony. It's basically this type of situation with all the issues with Cutter going through. Nothing can get through and nothing sticks out w- more than one right now.
1: Yeah, but I mean, to answer your question directly, Ray, do I expect Americans and English and Welsh fans to not try to bring alcohol into a stadium? Yeah, I'm expecting <laughs> that to happen. And I'm, listen, uh, uh, Brittany Griner still is in jail for like nine years in Russia. Yeah. I think we could be getting something of a similar level. If some kind of YouTuber or something gets put behind bars, it's, I think it's totally possible. You can meet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. And even before it was bad, I mean, I saw the prices they were charging for a 500 mil bottle of Budweiser, £11.50. And that's just shy of $14. What
1: the hell? Well, I mean, now, that's, that's, straight, that's right. surprising. Yeah. That's the least last... surprising thing out of all this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the last time you've been to Madison Square Garden, but, buddy, I got oh, bad God, news about yeah. so the beer you could get there.
0: Yeah, but you wouldn't get a 500 mil bottle, would you, at, at Madison Square Garden? And $14,
1: well, Jesus. Adv- advantage you guys for making sure everything's in the metric system, though, because dumb American Americans <laughs> are being like, it sounds like a lot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: how much, just incidentally, how much is a beer at MSG these days?
1: I do believe a, a tall boy is, I, I believe, going to run you sixteen fifty. Yeah, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, I'll be smuggling alcohol in there then little hip flask, yeah. brilliant but just, just i don't we don't condone this so if any any listeners are out there are saying oh that's not a bad idea and are trying that for guitar then yeah i'm not
1: going to yeah. be that responsible no for that. please god don't do it in Qatar. i don't want to <laughs> read about you getting arrested or anything like that or better yet i don't want to read about you di- quote-unquote disappearing uh, like yeah. getting arrested would be a step in the right direction but there's like it's it's Really dark to say there's a chance that you could just be never heard from again. But there, you could just be never heard from again. You could just be erased yeah. from the world. Yeah. Well, you and, did say you didn't want to hear from that. So uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a self-fulfilling process. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: anyway, uh, back into the World Cup then. I remember back in 1994, the US hosted the tournament. Kevin, me and you were, were what, we were nine, just going on 10. Um, and I remember the opening ceremony well enough. And despite England not qualifying for it, um, and I remember seeing a reporter smooching around Pasadena and asking the average Joe who's going to win the World Cup. And not one of those U.S. fans knew it was even happening. Um, but now, I mean, come on, the, the growth of the game since then has been massive. You know, the MLS continues to grow. Um, I, I don't know. I just still think it needs to be made more available in the U.K. because I never get to see it over here. I'm sure it is, but that's probably my fault. I don't I don't look for it. Um, and of course, the next World Cup uh, in 2026 will be held in Canada, U.S. and Mexico. So that's only going to help the game grow even more. Um, but, yeah, guys, Tim and, and Greg, do you remember that World Cup or are you too young for that?
3: I was six years old and the original first game was in Soldier Field. So I have a deck of cards that is from the with the World Cup 94 logo on it. Um, but beyond that, all I know is that when I because I was living here in Chicago at the time, that it was going. I, I heard about it, and that was going on, and that was it.
0: I think football in the mid 90s wasn't really that popular, especially in Chicago, because they had um, that team, Chicago Bulls. I don't know if you've heard of them. So they, they were pretty good in the, in the, in the mid 90s. So
3: uh they were. I really, I really did not know that. You know, yeah. it's it's not like my entire closet is full of things that is related to the Chicago Bulls and had child, you know, childhood memories with it and seen going around. It's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool.
1: I'll um, I had a different 94 experience from Tim uh, being a I was five. So around the same age. But being so you, a uh,
0: the hockey in 1994 was pretty good. Not
1: not just. The ho- so there's a phenomenal um, ESPN 30 for 30 that I don't know if they have it in England. It's called June 17th, 1994, and it walks people through the day. Amazing. Amazing. It, it's video. my amazing favorite work. 30 for 30. It's it's just live footage of all the sporting events that happened that day. And on that day. The 1994 World Cup started, the New York Rangers hosted their the parade, the Knicks and Rockets were playing game 5, I believe, at Madison Square Garden in the NBA Finals. It was Arnold Palmer's final round of the US Open, Ken Griffey Jr set a major league record for most home runs in the first half of the season. Oh, and a guy named O.J. Simpson took LA police on a chase on the LA freeway mm. that dominated the airways throughout all of it. It's ridiculous to think that all these things happened on the exact same day in 1994. But from a kid growing up in New York perspective, I will be completely honest with you and had no idea the World Cup even happened in 1994. The Rangers won the Cup, the Knicks uh, a historic loss in an NBA Finals, and baseball went on strike. And that's about all kids in Connecticut cared about. For me, I knew the World Cup kind of existed in 1998, but I don't think, Soccer, the the momentum that it needed. I really don't think it took hold until the women won in '99, and they became a complete phenomenon. I, I don't know anyone that wasn't watching the Women's World Cup in '99. Mia Hamm, um, mm-hmm. Judy Fowley, uh, Brandy Chastain scoring the game winner, taking the shirt off. That's maybe one of the five most iconic sports photos in American sports history. So I, for me. And you also have to take into consideration, not only do the women win in 99, but then the men advance to the round of 16 in 2002. So you all of a sudden have this U.S. momentum that has people understanding this event, caring about this event. More importantly, rooting for successful teams in this event. Uh, and then I, I, I to this day, I still think what has taken soccer to the next level is the Premier League, the rights being easily accessible on American television every weekend. It, you, since 2010, when NBC got that contract, it is a night and day difference from people who understood soccer, played FIFA, played the video games, enjoyed the World Cup every four years, to, like, there are football conversations that happen on a weekly basis now because of NBC and their coverage of the Premier League. It's I don't think it would have happened without That massive factor being involved. But yeah, 94 had no idea it was here. Didn't know it existed. A lot of things were going on in America at the time. For me, 99 is the line in the sand where the women winning, that team becoming a phenomenon, everything changing uh, in terms of how I ingested soccer. Yeah, it started in 1999.
3: Uh, women, this was the Title IX was the focus of within collegiate athletics to uh, to have equal representation for both money or or you know population or type of en- enrollment within athletics where it was such a huge disparity. And because of that, it's been 25 years now when it was first enacted in 1997, and how it's built up to where we're at today. Women's sports are just as predominant in terms of when it comes to the uh, p- participation. Mm. in today's society which is lovely um and which is great now in terms of popularity it that's a that's a different that's a different item because obviously all the major sports leagues but women today today's day and age are a whole it's a whole lot better than it was and it definitely was spurred because of that women the women's world cup in 1999
0: yeah i'm just hoping that england get that same kick because women's football over here is getting bigger um and obviously winning the Euros in the summer, has helped massively to, to inspire the, the the younger generation to even, you know, participate, which is fantastic. Back
2: to 1994, I think that must have been the first football match I ever watched, or at least it's the first football match I remember watching.
0: The final, Brazil. The final, yeah, Brazil. Yep. Roberto Baggio, Baggio missing the penalty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, anyway, the match, England versus USA then. So it's on Friday the 25th of November, or if you're American, it's on November the 25th. Uh, time local time is at 10 p.m. Uh, 7 p.m. in the UK. Kevin, I believe it's it's 10 o'clock in the evening for you. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, uh yeah. 2 2 p.m. for uh you guys. On, and you're both on Eastern time, aren't
3: you? I am on Central time now. Now that I live in Chicago.
1: Yeah. It is uh, it it's it is a perfectly timed match in the U.S. And it's not by coincidence, by the way, that the U.S. Very conveniently is not playing on Thanksgiving, a day dedicated to American football and will instead mm. get the Black Friday treatment, a day dedicated to heavy drinking, shopping <laughs> and other sports of any other.
3: It day. is going to be the it is literally the perfect day for the biggest. This is this if they, if it wasn't for, I mean, just the hoopla and all the other sports going on. This should be the biggest and most watched soccer match in the history
0: of the U.S., That's good. Um, And the venue is in the Al-Bait arena uh, in the city of Al-Kir. Forgive me, um, my Arabic isn't up to scratch. Uh, It has 63,000 capacity and will host the opening match later this evening. Um, it's the second biggest stadium in the competition as well, and it has a retractable roof. There you go. Interesting. Uh, Tim, I'll go to you first. How are you feeling about this fixture? Are you nervous or are you you pumped for it?
3: Well, uh, the way that I look at the group is, so you've heard of the term group of death in the past, and there is no true group of death in the World Cup this year. Um, But in terms of the, if you, you did golf scoring and you added up all of the, in the teams in all of the groups, and to see who has the lowest ranking, the lowest total number, that would be our group. And what yeah. that means is the bottom three of the group. Meaning there's England, and then the rest of us uh, chums. The we are fairly like equal uh, in. We are fairly equal right around the same ranking. Now, FIFA rankings can be debatable, but I can consider it with some ebbs and flows. And so to me right now, we need to play Wales first, which is tomorrow. And you guys need to play Iran tomorrow, which is uh, obviously first. And so I really hope we're not looking ahead to the match. Uh, I really want to be able to go in and, get, and develop and get that because if we're able to beat Wales, it's going to give us so much confidence because England isn't a down isn't a downturn right now, Easy. and it can give us the and it can get in the opportunity and we can if we can build that momentum. Right now, outside of maybe Miles Robinson who tours Achilles, we're looking at approximately nine or ten of the starters that we wanted that we were thinking about six months ago. Uh, so, to me, I have. I will have a whole lot more confidence if we do well and play well against Wales and, and if, if we can beat them,
1: Greg, are you scared? Uh, honestly, no. Um, similar to what Tim is talking about. I I haven't even taken into consideration how England has played lately. I haven't taken into consideration who could be possibly be in the U S lineup to me, the entire future and ability of the U S in this world cup comes down to that Wales game. If they get a win against Wales, Everything's going to feel peachy keen. Everything's going to feel like house money. Whatever happens against England happens. It, it, it starts feeling a lot like the Germany game from 2014 where, sure, you'd like the U.S. to have a nice showing. But realistically, doesn't quite matter. Um, if the U.S. get a point against Wales, I'm going to be much more nervous and feel like the U.S. has to park the bus a little bit. Just make sure Harry Kane doesn't score any goals. And then if the U.S. lose to Wales, I'm going to be doom and gloom. It, it's going to be it's going to be straight misery, and it's going to feel like the United States don't have a path to um, advance out of the group. So it's, it's honestly hard to look towards the England matchup at all because it feels like the fate of the United States is going to be determined in their first game against Wales. It's the most important game on the calendar. It will determine the importance of – the remaining two games. And yeah, like worst case scenario for me is the U S lose and England lose to Iran. And then both teams (laughs) come into that Friday game feeling like they absolutely positively need three points. And it will be in just a bloodbath that the United States is not equipped to win a bloodbath at this point in time. So let me get through Monday. Let me, let me beat Wales. Let me remind Gareth Bale that winning the MLS cup doesn't mean shit. In the international football <laughs> stage uh, and then talk to me about England, because right now it's I, I honestly don't know where my emotions are going to be because I just give me the three points tomorrow and I'm a happy man.
0: Yeah. And Kev, that, it's funny that Greg should say that, because if England do actually you know lose to Iran, which it's not an impossibility, right? I mean, if, if, if we believed what Iran are going to do is they're going to park the bus straight away. They often do that. Uh, and then they can catch us on the counter and win 1-0 or something, then that US game becomes incredibly nervous for both nations. But, yeah, how are you feeling about it,
2: Cam? Um I don't but I think, much. I, we, we, should, we should win that Iran fixture. Um, and if we don't, then, yeah, <clears throat> USA is going to be a big problem, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, we don't really um, want to come to that, do we?
2: No, I think, yeah, it has to be... You know, a safe win against Iran, and then whatever happens in that US game do not think really matters too much. Um, yeah, I don't know, it's difficult to say which, which is the more difficult fiction. Um, States or, or Wales? Uh,
0: I well, I just think because w- Wales are going to be up for the England game a lot more than they are for any other game in this group. Would you agree? <laughs> just you know that the, the, the amount of passion and the, 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 even the fans will bring for it, just like a home nations tie, it's just got that little bit more... I don't know. I guess it would be kind of the similar thing if, if the US were play, playing Mexico or Canada. It just has that little bit more bite or oomph to it. Uh, but luckily, we we should hopefully... Fingers crossed, be qualified before we play Wales, well, so that won't be an issue. We just need to pick up three points against against uh, Iran and then a point against America. It won't be a bad thing, will it? No, no, no. no. Mm. Uh, and Greg, I, I was on your show earlier in the week and we previewed the groups and, and I mentioned that all four of these sides are in the top 20 of the official FIFA rankings, which is something that Tim just, just touched on. Iran are ranked 20th, Wales are 19th uh USA are 16th and England are 5th so that's um that's one nil to England huh. um U- US women though they they are of course they ranks number 1 in the English but the English are, are fast approaching so let's call that 1-1 um and also I mentioned uh or I don't know if I did actually but England have been at war with every single team in this group so yeah uh, Kevin I'm sure you're well up on your Anglo-Persian war
2: um yeah I remember it well <laughs>
0: um and Greg if we if we're to go by the odds the final standings on this group will be England, Wales, USA, Iran. Is that correct?
1: Now In the U.S., the U.S. now has the edge over Wales in terms of Interesting. advancing mm. out of the group. But it's incredibly small. I believe the U.S. odds are now minus 110 and Wales is minus 105. So it might as well be a toss up. Um, but slight money has shifted here in the United States where the U.S. is slightly favored to come out of the group. And it I don't know. I mean. I'm curious, Tim's opinion, too, because it feels like over the last couple of weeks, the narrative has shifted from this U.S. team can do something special, this rotation, to Well, all they really need to do is get some experience because 2026 is when they're going to explode. And I got it feels a mm-hmm. little defeatist from where I sit. It feels like the U.S. is already coming up with excuses for why. They're not going to advance past the group stage. And I don't like it. I, I, I hate that mentality. It, it's like a fan base being like, well, I'm just happy to have made the playoffs. Yeah, I'm here. Don't waste my time. I'd like to win now. Oh, Thank think you.
0: Though, I think, though, it's a, it's a free hit in a way, though, isn't it? Because they're underdogs and they're not expecting it. And if they go and do it, then, wow, yeah. you know, what does that do for the country?
1: At, at the same time, yes. But at the same time, like. Can a country be taken seriously on the world stage if they can't advance past Wales? Like, I'm not saying Wales is bad or anything like that, but the United States have these these pie-in-the-sky dreams. It's an incredibly young roster. Talent is oozing out of every part of it. Players are now playing in Europe in high-leverage roles. That's all great. But, like, if this team can't beat late end-of-career gareth bale and his ragtag bunch of nobodies i'm going to be upset i'm i'm that's not going to be a moral victory for me
0: no i get it i do i do get i do get that but yeah i I kind of sense it that it is it's such a young so i think it's the second youngest team in in the world cup i do also think that it is shaping up for that 2026 one because a lot of them are still going to be there if they're good enough still of course and i think that's the one that we need to watch out for i think they could really make a dent in that in that tournament Well, me and you, Greg, had had both said that it's going to be England and the USA that are going to come through this group. Uh, Tim and Kevin, any movement on that from you?
2: Um, I think the the outcome of the um, US-Wales game is probably going to decide it. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'd probably agree with that.
0: Oh,
3: Tim? It's... Right now, I give it a 40% chance that the U.S. advance, the 40% chance the whales advance, and 20% chance Iran, Iran, Iran advances. So to me, I feel 40% confident that they can advance in the group.
2: Does that mean that
3: England's 100% in two months? Uh, <laughs> yes, I believe that they will be either first or second out of the group. Now, if they're going to be, if this is going to be like 2010 and Pickford's going to give a holler like Rob Green. Uh, hey, let's sure not I, talk about that. Had to make sure that uh, gets thrown in here. But uh, where we end up scoring to and beat Algeria in the last minute to become first in the group, I will gladly take it. But I think England's going to, whether they're going to limp through or be dominant through, they're going to advance uh, into the the next round. So yes, I will oh, give nice my scene, tim Thank th- you. T-
1: tim, are you are you suggesting that Iran is going to take this group hostage? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that that truly
3: uh, that that truly sounds like a contra affair.
2: It <laughs> <laughs> would be revolutionary if that happens. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh moving on. <laughs> uh, historically, we, you know, we've met ele- uh, 11 times in total, USA and England. Um, Greg and Tim, without cheating, how many times have the USA
1: won? It can't be more than two. It just can.
0: You're going with two. Uh, uh, Tim, I'll go with
1: you?
0: three. Uh, uh, right. Three. It's, it's two. It's two. Well done. Um, yeah. USA won the first ever meeting back in 1950 in that World Cup. Uh, and the U.S. Cup back in 1993, which I don't remember. I don't know what it is. I just made that up, I'm sure. Oh, is that the Confederations Cup, Yeah, it must have been, just to make it sound like it wasn't a friendly. But hey. uh, England have won eight of those. Um, I'm not going to read out all the English victories because we have too many. Um, but I, I will read out the margins of victory. Uh, we've had a 6-3, an 8-1, a 10-0, a 5-0, uh, and most recent we uh, faced was November 2015 and a comprehensive 3-0. Uh, Jesse Lingard, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Callum Wilson, if you're wondering. Uh, that was at Wembley.
1: Trent yeah. played in that game? And he scored, yeah. I have no recollection of this. But this was November in 2015. 2015 I, yeah. Why, in my head, do I feel... What was he, 12 in that game? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't remember diapers. this. diapers. Yeah, I don't remember this, but he still did it anyway. Um, one thing to mention, though, all of our eight victories have been in friendlies. Never a competitive match. My mind is blown. I did not know that.
1: And, yeah, of course... Well. I got oh. I got news for you. You forgot the two biggest victories on there. Something happened in 1776
0: and 1812. Oh, OK. Yeah, we're going back to that now. Aren't we?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if we're talking historically, there, oh. <laughs> it's just further evidence that England doesn't show up unless it's a friendly. Yeah, it's
0: true. And of course, that one draw um, in the 2010 which
1: World Cup, which Tim reminded us of. Thanks for that.
0: Um, guys, I want to talk about your your manager, Greg Berhalter. Greg, I, I, I understand you're not too keen on him.
1: I'm not. I, I I really, really wish it was – I'm not asking for Bruce Arena. Uh, I'm happy we've moved on from that part of our life, but I could not possibly be more out on Berhalter. He just I, – I don't respect international managers that don't have the balls to justify the decisions they make within the squad. Um, I, Tim earlier mentioned Jedi Robinson being – or uh, one of the Robinsons being out for this World Cup, and it leaves – a gaping, ginormous black hole next to Walker Zimmerman on the United States back line. We're and there's, well,
3: is, <laughs> no, I mean, he's, not, played, he's played like, he's played like terrible for the last year or so. Yeah. He's, now, played, he's played like trash.
1: Now it's, it, it's fair to point out that it took John Brooks a while to find a new team this year. And it's fair to point out that John Brooks has not been involved very much in the Benfica side this year. But if you go all the way back to a couple of years ago, Greg Burhalter has dropped John Brooks from the U.S. national team without explanation and without merit. And this is a guy who has scored on the World Cup stage, has played against uh, big teams on the World Cup stage. He was a fixture. And his entire international career is thanks to how he played in the 2014 World Cup. And it's baffling to me that when you have a center back opening on your team that you don't take him. And it'd be one thing if that was the only decision. But. There is one position in the U.S. since Clint Dempsey's retirement that has just gone vacant forever, and that's a central striker. The United States don't have one that really knocks the doors off you, and he's tried a lot of things to his credit, but it feels like he tries a lot of MLS options first. Jordan Piefock is near the top of the Bundesliga golden boot race. He is scoring goals against some of the best competition in the world. And at no point except one, I think, Gold Cup match against, like, the Grenadines has (laughs) Jordan Peefock featured in a Greg Berhalter side. It doesn't make any sense. And then, Ray, you know this from you and I talking other sports, but nothing, nothing in my life frustrates me more than a coach who feels the (laughs) need to imprint a system on a team as opposed to building a system given the pieces that he's given. And Berhalter is desperately trying to fit these square pegs into round holes every fucking time. And my only hope, my only hope of the U.S. not advancing out of this group stage is they will finally can his ass and get someone in here. There was the question is, who would I prefer? I don't I don't know. At Klinsman. this point, <laughs> it was at least entertaining, though, like it, it was chaotic. <laughs> it was chaotic, but it was like chaos is at least fun. Burhalter is boring and bad those are the two worst things you can be
0: so you don't have a natural number nine then that's what you're saying what about um geo Rayner? where does he play does he play off the off the front
1: he's he's, he's kind plays of best, off the front yeah he's he, yeah. The, the the best attacking options the u.s have kind of come from the wings where guys and, like and also
0: reyner's was born in sunderland so he's not even american
1: Just well saying. listen <laughs> if you're if you're if your father is claudio you are american those are the rules
0: <laughs>
3: So currently, right now, what we have in terms of our striker options are truly individuals who aren't playing as a a typical number nine, not the Harry Kane, not the Callum Wilson. So when he's mentioning Jordan P. the only person that would probably or potentially fit that mold is Jordan is uh, Josh Sargent. But I like your sergeant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And but even so, though, none of our front players like uh, you might you might see Timothy Weah, you might say Christian, you might see Christian Pulisic play up top. You might see Jesus Ferreira, who's an MLS product who I don't while he dominates in MLS. I don't see him dominating very much on the international stage. Um, We don't have that that number nine right now that is definitive. and We cannot tell you. Nobody can tell you who is going to be in that starting front three outside of Polisic and where he'll be on the line. So to me, it's a little hesitant to us and seeing what's going to go on. And that is our and then our center uh, center back option. Miles Robinson and and Walker Zimmerman were pretty much an amazing pair and worked together um, fantastically. So seeing Miles Robinson out and then Josh, uh, John Brooks, at least. I, I could find and justify why he was dropped and not brought in because he couldn't find a team. Um, but in the international stage, he's only flourished with us. And so it's one of those players, like, why did, why did you not bring him? But he, to be his fact, like where, pressed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're like to, to his fact though, he brought in Tim Reem, who is 35, but he's that left-sided center back. That could be a compliment to uh, Walker Zimmerman, where people were screaming for him because he's really genuinely played well alongside Anthony Robinson, who's the uh, they're the they're b- both play for Fulham now and are starters there. Uh, so we couldn't really tell you who's going to be. Uh, it's going to be Walker Zimmerman and somebody else. And I am think it's going to be I generally think it is going to be Tim Rehm. And then you've got Sergio Dest and you've got uh, Anthony Robinson and you've got Matt Turner. So there are some insecurities that we have within our team. And there's a few players that I'm, uh, um, yeah, it's a matter of how we're going to mix up. I'd say there's probably 16 players that can uh, potentially start out of 11. Yeah,
1: Tim, uh, Tim, doesn't it, it feels really Southampton-y, doesn't it, where you are super confident on the wings and in the midfield. But you have no fucking idea who's going to score a goal, and you're fifty-fifty on who's going to prevent the goal from going in.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the thing though is, if we had Che Adams starting for us, though, I would feel ten times more confident because he would get up there and he'd be the and he'd have the hold-up play. Where then the wings, whomever it would be, if it's Aronson or Reyna or Pulisic, he'd be able to drop off and run, and they'd be able to make the runoffs. And then with Eunice Munsa and Tyler Adams, well, Eunice Munsa and Weston McKinney. I think if we had Adams, that would be a massive compliment to the team. Oh man, if we had if we had Adams and Salisu, I would be we we would be we should be favorites in the group as well. I'm generally I'm I'm genuinely serious about that.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Um, Kevin, a word on Gareth Southgate. Um, well, he's led the team to a World Cup semi final and then to a Euro final. Should he be getting more respect, or should we be saying that you know he's missed the best chance? That we've had with these these bunch of players. Um as far as
2: you could make a case for for either. Um I, I feel that um, you know, just like any England manager, Gareth Southgate's just one poor tournament performance short of losing his job. But um yeah. fortunately or unfortunately, depending on uh, your perspective. Um it's a bit like Man United in all well. <laughs> well, um I don't remember United getting to a final in the last five years, but Um, um but yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, you've got you've the final Euros and sent me to the World Cup, so yeah, that's. Um, I
0: I don't know, Ken. I always felt
2: the, the draw I, was uh, quite fruitful for us.
0: But I always felt with 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 Southgate that he was kind of like a, a stopgap. There was, I think mean, mm. it was it was after Allardyce, wasn't it, when he came in for a game and then yeah, <laughs> and went. I always thought that Gareth Southgate would take over on a caretaker basis, and then we'd get somebody who who was really really worthy of the job, and he's still here. Now, I do think, yeah. no, no matter how far we go in this World Cup, I do think this is his last tournament with us. Um, you think so? I do think so, yeah. Uh, I don't think he's getting a, a, another contract out of this. I, I think the amount of players that we've got, the amount of attacking players that we've got and the options... I don't know, I, I do think... The, the thing is with England, they've got all the players that, that we could possibly want right now, apart from defensively, but... I just feel like there's always somebody that comes along that's just that little bit better than us. And this World Cup is no exception. So and we always play those teams like quite early on. And fortunately, in the last World Cup, we were lucky um, that we got through against the teams that we did. And even in the Euros, you could say we, when we found that team that was just a little bit too, too good for us, they beat us. Um, OK, Italy and penalties. It was a you know, it was a 50 50. But. But yeah, that's yeah that, was, that was
2: frustrating. That, that, that was the most frustrating thing because we dispatched uh, Germany, which is where mm. we normally slip up, didn't we? Exactly. You know, yeah, Ukraine and Denmark didn't. That wasn't particularly difficult. And you think that if you'd have, hadn't have of parked the bus, if you'd have gone all out and risked a bit more, then that final would have easily been ours. But um,
0: yeah, that kind of has to yeah. go on Southgate, doesn't it? Because yes, I mean, they did go out. for it. Luke, 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 Luke Shaw scored straight away, didn't he? And we thought this is it. But then they did sit back and they did a Saints and and, and conceded. And, you know,
1: can I uh, can I ask you guys an ignorant American question about England right now?
0: Yeah.
1: How seriously should we take England's just god awful performance in the Nations League? Is it like is it just? glorified friendlies that no one's trying to get hurt in or is this a sign of things to come
0: i do think that he was experiment a little bit with the team in the in that nations league and whenever we break up from the world uh, sorry from the premier league to play these nations league games I, I feel like nobody wants it including the players they i mean the season just starts and then you break away and you play these these meaningless nation leagues games. and the first season of the nations league we got to the final and they put everything into it i just don't think they did and it was terrible. And I think that is what's what isn't helping England's chances uh, in, in this World Cup. People are going to look at those games and think, oh, my God, they got battered by Hungary. Yeah. But in fact, he was changing the system up a bit. You know, he, he experiments with the back three or the back five um, and, and a four four two, well, 4 2 or 4-3-3 rather. Um, so, yeah, I don't. I don't I i basically I don't want to pay attention to those. I think you can look at the, the qualifying, that's the real England. Even though we were playing against lesser opposition and I think we yeah, we won ten 0 when our qualifying and that was um, that was San Marino though, but those are the games that really, really make it. And I always feel that England always have performed better in tournaments, much like um like Germany in that sense, you know, they're not very hot at the moment either. But as soon as they get into a tournament in tournament football, that's when they start, you know, to really, really press it. I mean
2: historically we've always boss qualification and then mm-hmm. squeeze ourselves out of the group stage and get beaten by germany that's the formula isn't
0: it? yeah that's it or lose yeah lose on penalties yeah that, that is exactly exactly what I've, I've had to experience my entire <laughs> life but now we seem to be getting a grip on qualifying and punching above our weight in the tournament and i do think we've been punching above our weight certainly you know the uh, how far we've got not not necessarily the opposition that we've been playing. Um, Tim, a little bit of a uh, word on your uh, CONCACAF, your uh, your qualifying. Uh, so you played 14, you won eight, lost two, and drew four. I mean, is that is that record fair? I mean, did you think you played well enough to be here, or was it just a bit of you know spot of luck that you managed to get through?
3: No, I think we actually played like the third best team in CONCACAF, and so based on the qualifying setup, I think we should be here. I think there's enough talent, obviously, throughout the, the, the play, and we did enough to beat up on the minnows. And you, when you think of when you think of traditional Concacaf play, you think of the U.S. and Mexico, and then everybody else. Uh, recently, Costa Rica had that good. It was, I think, I believe it was 2014 that they were able to advance. And uh, other teams have made it through potentially, like Jamaica and to Trinidad and Tobago, and, and Honduras uh, in one-offs here in the last. Uh, six to 12 or last three to three to four world cups uh but for us uh canada did absolutely fantastic and they came on to the national fray uh well the international fray coming and coming through and having being led by davis um and then just having a collective team play their manager has been fantastic for them and all, mm-hmm. all in all um it was a it, it was a scrape to get through and they finished at 25 points equal to costa rica who was fourth and so going throughout the session we were pretty much secure since we beat panama and we if you did not see this at all in the second to last game yeah five, uh, we, one. well we beat panama against uh in but we played them in minneapolis in february and it was yes. sub-zero temperatures i think you said that
0: on the show actually didn't you
3: Yes. And it was completely crazy to think about what they were doing. They basically had to make it. But I mean, it was a dumb decision. On, uh, I think it's a dumb decision, not just for the fact, because when, when you get when you create conditions like that, it creates equal play. But it worked out because Panama, you know, shook, you know, shook in their boots and uh, they couldn't <laughs> shake it off. And Matt, I mean, I see Matt Turner literally just doing running sprints between the six and the 18 yard box trying to stay warm during the game. Um so, so uh, nonetheless, uh, I mean, they definitely they they lost to Canada um, uh, away. They lost to Mexico. Um, let's see. Let's take a take a look here. They they beat. Well, they tie Mexico away in Azteca. So that's always a plus. which sure, And then them as well. Uh, yeah. And that's just and sometimes uh, I mean, what what you're ultimately looking for in qualification is you win at home and you and you you try to draw away and get a result away. That's how you get through and and you qualify, because um, looking at that, if you've ever watched a game uh, between El Salvador or Honduras against any of them, it's literally just kicking and screaming and punching. And it's just it's an ugly, ugly, ugly game. And it's called getting CONCACAFed. Mm-hmm. And if you go down to the if you go down to the rainforest in Central America and you're playing El Salvador and it's a hot evening and or wherever it might be or you're playing Azteca which is seven thousand feet it, it's it's really tough.
0: It, it can um, be, yeah. That's something that we don't actually have to deal with, isn't it, Kev? We mm-hmm. just got the same. It's not really, uh, yeah, the different uh, climates that um, you have to have to play through. But your your qualifying started yeah, yeah. bad as well, like the nil-nil draw in El Salvador to start things yeah. off. And then the one-one so, draw against Canada, it was like, yeah. oh my God, this is going to be a struggle.
3: Absolutely. So then in the beginning, we were a little, we were a little, yeah, there were, we were a little concerned there, but we picked it up. Um, we didn't recognize that Canada was going to be so good. And looking back on it as a, in a, in a backward, in a, in a backwards perspective, Canada playing so well, they did, they were fantastic, and they, and they absolutely deserved to be here as well. So, uh, congrats to them. And I'm going to root for them. I'm genuinely going to root for Canada. So uh, am I. I th- yeah, I want to see I want to see them be, be well and succeed. And uh, if you and also if you didn't follow Costa Rica, they won like their last five games in a row to be able to get to fourth place, and then had to beat um, they had to beat Peru or I'm sorry they had to beat New Zealand on the uh, the International Confederation playoff. Yeah, which was crazy to think about. So um, all in all, happy they they deserve to be here and for the three for the for the three qu- automatic qualifying spots and. Uh, getting excited, getting excited. So I mean, it is. It, I'm a little tentative overall, and the Wales game is really scary to me to know it's tomorrow, and I'm uh, lots, lots, lots to think about.
0: Yeah, and Greg, like the, just a little bit more on the qualifying. Pulisic top scored with five, and you got six clean sheets in that, and four of them were Matt Turner, two of them were Zach Steffen, who's not even going to the World Cup, which that surprised me a little bit. Uh, you scored 22 goals in qualification, and you let in nine.
1: That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what Tim's point is, did I I I never really felt like the U.S. were in doubt of qualifying. Uh, What frustrated me mostly was that Mexico really looked not just vulnerable, just flat out bad at times through the qualification round. Um, Took four points from them. Yeah. Which is good. But it's like the thing that frustrates me about the U.S. finishing third, it has nothing. Canada being as good as they were completely, you and I have talked about it before. You, We're big Canada guys. We actually have, um, I have little action on Canada coming out of that group and all I that. I do
0: too. I think Canada will come through.
1: But it's, it's, it's really that the U S it, it, they seize the individual opportunity on Mexico, but they just kind of let Mexico hang around. It should have been Mexico sweating out whether they were going to qualify or not. It's not like the U S sweated it out per se, but The U.S. were in more peril than Mexico was. And there's just so much more turmoil in the Mexican Federation right now than there is in the U.S. that it is disappointing to look back at the qualifying and be like, how do we finish behind them? This time, really, we took four from them. We got the Azteca point, which is essentially a win. And it's just like the U.S., they always let these games that they should win trip them up where they don't think about it or don't take it seriously or like It's just at a weird time and it's in a weird country and all of it. it, it, To Tim's point, CONCACAF is just a fucking mess. Who Who
0: won that group, by the way? Was it Canada?
1: I believe it was Canada. Yeah.
0: Canada won with
3: 28 points. Uh, Mexico is finished on, uh, let's take a look here. And USA
0: third.
3: Mexico finished on 28 as well, but less on goal difference to Canada. And then U.S. finished at 25 uh, with plus 11. And Costa Rica uh, at 25 with plus 5.
0: So ultimately, Greg, you're saying that I'm guessing because they couldn't take their chances against the weakened Mexico side, that it kind of affected their seeding going into the World Cup qualification or the World Cup groups. (sighs)
1: I mean, maybe I I just it's frustrating to me that it felt like there's still this level of entitlement with the U.S. men's national team that just doesn't quite feel earned. That bothers me in the qualification process where, yeah, if they play at 70 percent, they're going to advance. They are simply better and more talented than a lot of other teams in CONCACAF. But if this team really wants to take their game to the next level and be taken seriously on national stage, sometimes you have to put boots to throat and it doesn't feel like unless it's Mexico, the United States is just like, yeah, hey, whatever. It's calf. We'll be fine. And it's like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't what you should be doing to build international confidence and prepare for big tournaments. And so finishing, finishing third, like the U S did, I'm happy, but it's also one of those things where it's like guys really should have done better here. Come on now.
0: Yeah. I get that. Kevin, UEFA. Qualification. Group I. Um, Albania, Andorra, Hungary, Poland, San Marino. Breezed through, uh, played eight, one ten, drawn two. Those two draws were Poland away and Hungary at home. So no losses, Kev. Um easy qualification. No, no problem. We had that ten nil against San Marino as well. Uh, which was which was nice. Uh, Kane got got four goals on that night. Uh you expect to qualify top of that group and you know, no problems whatsoever. OK, you, you could maybe think that away to Poland could be a bit of a struggle, and that's the one that we, we had the 1-1 one, one draw with. Um, but overall, Harry Kane, 12 goals. Just um, out of curiosity, do you know who was second? Second most goals during England's qualification? This is open to anyone, by the way. Uh, Sterling. You're going Sterling. What about you guys?
1: Uh, I'll say Mason Mount.
0: Oh, and Tim? Let's go with soccer. Okay no it was Harry Maguire
1: <laughs>
0: with four four goals in qualification, so yeah we had seven clean sheets we scored thirty nine goals and we conceded just three so that's impressive right that's the that's the England that we want to see it doesn't matter who we were playing that's the England that we want to see in this World Cup
2: yes yeah that, that would be amazing um, if, we, if we can go through the whole tournament and just concede the three goals um <laughs>
0: It's most likely going to be three goals against Wales, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, you can't judge England at all um, based on the qualification because yeah, we always seem to top the group. Um, but yeah, hopefully um, Harry Kane's on from and he can score goals from open play.
0: Yeah, and more, and don't forget he's the defending Golden Boot winner.
2: Uh,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. More goals, please. Um, but Kev, the things that 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 uh, Greg brought up as well, and things that that a lot of uh, England fans are worried about is that Nations League following qualification because it yeah. was dreadful. Um, six games, three losses and three draws. Uh, that last being that three-three draw um, at Wembley when Armel Balakotchak made his debut for Germany, of course. Um, but those Nations League losses was at Hungary, a one 0 loss, and then a 4 0 loss. I, I, can't quite understand i guess to to greg's point is that southgate was experimenting with that squad and using it more as a friendly um and yeah so hungary were in our world cup qualifying group and we had no trouble with them so uh, yeah again it's just racism Wow, yeah apart from that racism but the the draws i mean we drew away at home and away to germany and at home to italy (laughs) we always draw with italy so I think the bad form from that Nations League is the reason why Southgate is getting criticised so much and why we're not maybe as high on England's hopes as perhaps we should be.
2: I don't know, it could work um, either way for us. It could be a, a sign of what's to come. But I mean, you'd hope <laughs> that yeah, after all that experimenting that um, he's, he's worked out uh, what his best squad is.
0: Greg and Tim, um, the US, how they're shaping up lately. Um, they've had a lot of injuries though. Um, and I've heard through differing media sources that the... The problem with the U.S. is that the best I don't know if this is Berhalter or it's just generally your players that your best players don't play well enough together. And and you lost to Japan and a nil-nil draw with Saudi Arabia most recently. But, you know, the injuries that you've had, I mean, who's missing out of here? You've got Chris Richards, by the way, who's not not going. You haven't really mentioned him Uh, and Miles Robinson, uh, both key centre backs, as you said. But is there anybody else that should be here? Because I mentioned to you as well, then, Greg, Zach Stefan, he's had two clean sheets in qualification. He's not in the squad.
1: Yeah. I, the, Greg Verhalter, for whatever reason, has never picked a clear number one goalie. And I think the mental gymnastics have truly messed with all of the goalies. But it seems like Stefan is the one who really, between the ears, took it the hardest and is just, it's shocking that he's not here, but. Honestly, if this means it's Matt Turner's show and Matt Turner's going to run it and we finally have a clear number 1 and we're not going to have to play this guessing game as who's in goal is it Ethan Horvath this time, if they can finally just have a goalie play him all the time and just run with it, I think it'll be better for the team. It's um, just like
0: Foster and McCarthy again, isn't it?
1: it it's kind of it kind of is and it's 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 so frustrating. It it's one it's quite frankly if you have two quarterbacks you don't have a quarterback. And the United <laughs> yeah. States, it's it they just they have goalies. They just, for some reason, are like, well, we can just keep playing ones that fit. It's like, it's not really how sports work. It's not how confidence works. You need to build confidence and consistency from a game-to-game basis. Uh, Chris Richards is injured. That one hurts because mm. of the Miles Robinson injury. Um, but to, like Tim brought up, Tim Ream earlier, that was a surprise inclusion. Mostly, it, it's, it's sickening that it's a surprise inclusion that an older player is playing so well that he had to force his way onto the team because of injury. Like a lot of us fans were just accepting the fact that Aaron long was going to be the guy and it was going to be, and guess what? He still could be, I could be sitting here (laughs) and Aaron long could be in the team sheet tomorrow afternoon and I will be despondent and upset. Uh, I from the U S it's like, there are seven players that for sure are going to play. Uh, Pulisic will be in the lineup. Uh, Brendan Aronson will be in the lineup. Tyler Adams will be in the lineup. Yunus Mutsa will be in the lineup. Weston Dest. McKinney uh, will be in the lineup. I'm not even sure Dest will be. He should be. Uh, Walker Zimmerman will be in the lineup. Sounds and like Zimmerman's Gio-
0: going to have to be
1: in that lineup. Well, they love Zimmerman, whether um, he has international respect or not. Zimmerman is hes like this new-age Michael Bradley for a while there, hmm. where Bradley earned it to a certain extent of time, but the team would feel naked if Zimmerman wasn't in it. And then Gio Reyna is the seventh guy who will – be in the lineup if healthy. Uh, and then those other four spots, it's a lot of guys who should be, but you're not really sure. Like Matt Turner should be in goal. Josh Sargent should be up top, but you're not sure because he just fucking loves Jesus Ferreira for no fucking reason. Uh, Sergio Dest should be in the lineup, but you're not sure. because DeAndre Yedlin as well. I forgot about
0: something. Carter Vickers and, uh, and Yedlin. Yeah, you've got some players there that I've completely forgot about.
1: Yeah, it's – it's you know seven names are going to be in there. You can write them in with pen. And then the other four are just going to drive you insane and possibly piss you off. And it's <laughs> unlike anything it, – it's unlike anything I've usually seen in other sports because there are clear and obvious answers. And Berhalter's like, yeah, but what if I'm smarter than you? <laughs> I'm like, buddy, you're not – first of all, you spell your name like a fucking idiot. Who's got two Gs <laughs> on the end of Greg? As a fellow Greg, <laughs> I'm fucking offended. Like no, yeah,
0: I'm. I, I, I'm what the confused fuck is by that? that? Is his name Gregory? That uh, he spells Gregory with two G's. Or it is
1: better it fucking G's? not be because that's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it it drives me up a wall. The double, uh, the Men and Blazers, who are a great U.S. based football podcast, call him Triple G, and it cracks me up every time because I just <laughs> I'm googling him now just to make sure his real name isn't Gregory.
0: Yeah, uh, I want to. It know. is not.
1: It is, it is Greg just, Matthew Burhalter, Greg with two G's at the end of it.
0: Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, Tim, you got any thoughts on, on how, how the U.S., any more thoughts than how the U.S. are shaping up?
3: Yeah. So like, like we said, so I'm going to go uh, back to front here. Matt Turner is going to be your starter. You're going to have Anthony Robinson, who solidified the left back. Sergio Des who solidified the right back. Now, uh, so with the center backs, Walker Zimmerman, and I do think it's going to be Reem who's going to start. I think CCV is the is good, is great. He's been playing really well for Celtic, and they are really happy to have him there, and uh, he's thriving there, which is great. So he's a good third option. You're not going to go but, with Aaron Long then? Oh uh, no, I mean I don't want Aaron Long now. This is a hope now. I can see Aaron Long being started, but he just hasn't played very well, and he hasn't created confidence in uh it, it to me. So I do think though he's. I think he's going to play the hot hand and he is going to play Reem because they're going to, he he wants to have the continuity there because if left if Tim Reem is left-footed um and then in in Robinson there so the left side is truly a full lineup And I think that's going to be to be their help. You're going to have a central three of McKinney. So six being the Adams, eight being McKinney, and then the 10 being Eunice Munsa. And then you're up front. Who is it going to be potentially? I do think it's going to be Polisic, and it's going to be maybe Weah. I'm going to just go off the limb and say it's going to be Weah. And then you're going to have Aronson. Reyna is going to be your super sub. I think you're going to have... Uh, you're going to have Yedlin as an option as a sub as well because of, because of his pure pace and speed. He's basically a, he's Kyle Walker light to me, uh, except he can't play center back. Um, and then you've got uh, other you know who are your who are your you know your heavy hitters. If that's going to be Josh Sargent. I don't think he's your heavy hitter, but he's going to be able to come off the bench and then um rotating through uh, who do you, you know who do you trust in these types of situations um i don't necessarily trust de la torre as in that eight or in that ten um but i do see that um you know there's just uh, there's i feel com- i feel comfortable but not 100 percent confident there
0: greg off the back of this tournament can you see any usmnt based players uh in the, or based in the U S making that big move to Europe um, they're there already, but is there anyone young that's playing in the MLS right now that, that is going to get a move to, to Europe off the back of this?
1: The crazy thing is for the first time in a very long time, this is a centrally European based side where I don't really know. Like <sighs> Robinson is a guy you'd think would explode, but I think English fans know about him already because he's been pretty impactful at Fulham for a couple of years now. Um, I think maybe we'll start talking more about Eunice Munsa on a could-he-come-to-the-Premier-League-type level. Um, but outside of that, honestly, as this is going to sound absolutely insane, but I think if Brandon Aronson has an absolutely incredible World Cup, which is totally possible, I think the guy that's going to benefit most from it is his younger brother, Paxton, who just moved over to the bundesliga but if brandon aronson has this big move everyone's going to be like wait can we get the next aronson and there (laughs) is another aronson who is really good and really young and i think the player who could see the his stock rise the most this world cup is a guy not even going
0: (laughs) that's great look out for him he could be heading to uh to europe pretty soon then
3: looking at the mls players you've got miles robinson who is towards achilles so he's not there walker zimmerman who's 27 or 28 right now and as a center back and is that too old for him uh, to come over to the premier league no i don't think so but i don't think he's gonna make that move i think his mls is and starting for nashville and is the uh, you know the leading uh, he's the he's their captain uh, so I don't think he's gonna they're gonna make that move Sean Johnson who's a backup MLS keeper he's not gonna he he's, he's in his thir- late 30s um, everybody else is already in Europe that really matters and the only other person who's probably gonna play who's not in Europe and Yedlin's at Miami right now but he's been he's already been at Newcastle yeah he's been yeah. And, yeah, so is Jesus Ferreira, who's a nine and who's he, he is young, so he. I we're don't know like Jordan 21. Morris
0: because he's at Seattle right
3: now. So no, 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 he's in his 20, He's twenty six, twenty seven. Okay. Christian Roldan, twenty six, twenty, you know, or twenty four, twenty five. I don't think he's going to make it. Jesus Ferreira is the most likely option to come over and now i don't think it'll be the premier league i think he is going to go more towards like a, a portugal or a or a, you know a low-level team in spain he wouldn't come over to go to germany or he might go over to like the the air but um he's the only potential option with the mls except for miles robinson uh, who's not there so he can't shine and that's it that's really it
1: Yeah, it it is crazy, Tim, that this is truly the first year where not only the U.S. have all these European players, but you can make argument for other players not included that are currently in Europe. Like, we've mentioned PFOC, obviously, in the Bundesliga. Malik Tillman has been killing it, absolutely killing it. For Rangers there. Yeah, so it's like, this is the first World Cup cycle where we're like, oh, what players could jump from MLS to Europe? And instead we're like... Should we have taken more European-based players? I've yeah. never we've <laughs> never experienced this as U.S. fans.
3: Austin, you got Austin Trusty. Um, you got Pepe. We didn't even talk about Ricardo Pepe yet, who's in uh, He's at Groningen and who's uh he's on loan there from Augsburg. Uh, geez, yeah. So our team, our primary players now are ninety percent of them are in are in Europe. So it's great that MLS is able to do it, and we're able to see people who work and thrive from the MLS and push over.
0: That just but... goes to show that Greg's theory could be correct then. You know, you've know you already got well, cl- these good players over. You're going to have to take their siblings. Kevin, on to England um, and how we're shaping up, really. We've had the injuries, though, haven't we? We've had a lot of injuries beforehand. They've been dropping like flies. Ben Chihuahua went down, which was key, because we, we don't really have a, any cover for Luke Shaw. Um, Kyle Walker, of course, he's not played since October, and he's probably going to miss that first game against Iran. Uh, Calvin Phillips has been off for over six weeks and Rhys James, that is a massive loss. Um, I think the only good thing about all our injuries or lack, we have, we've kept Harry Kane healthy, which I was thinking he was going to go down uh, on the last game of the uh, Premier League weekend, but no, he's still there. So yeah, injuries have been a big factor for us lately.
2: Yeah. But I know I think we've got quite a deep squad. Looking looking at what we've got, quite satisfied um yeah, with or without James Woodprouse, uh, yeah. it's a very decent team. Maybe may be a, a little bit um, stretched in the midfield. Don't have a huge number of options, do we?
0: No, um, and that's why I thought Woodprouse could have been there. Jaden Sancho as well missed out, which, you know, he hasn't really been been firing at, at Man United, so you can understand. A lot of people are saying Chris Smallden probably should have been because he's been uh, playing outstanding for Roma. Apparently he's in the form of his life um jose marino loves him apparently so um chris Smalling would have been a different option because england just don't have the pace at the back do they you're looking at harry Maguire and john stones they've got no pace at all so it, it just goes to show how how much kyle walker is going to be to the squad because if if we believe that gareth southgate is going to play that back three and you're going to play kyle walker as the right side of that back three um he, he's, he brings the pace and then you've got the right wing back of course you can use um Sure, sure. No, uh, Trippier or um, Trent, if you have to. But I don't want to play Trent as a right back. If Trent's going to be playing in this team, he's going to need to be playing as a wing back and get forward because he can't defend, whereas Kai Walker can. But I don't know. I mean, if he misses that around opener, Kai Walker, by the way, I, mean, I think England will play a back four. I hope they do, because I, I, I don't want I'm concerned that he's going to play too defensively um, with that. With the wing back, so I'm I'm going to say he goes for a 4-3-3, three, three, uh, and then when he mm. plays against um when he plays against the US again, it really does depend whether uh, Walker's fit. So my my team, assuming that Walker isn't going to be fit for the US game, I'm going to take Pickford and Goal, uh, Trippier right back, Shaw left back, sure. Stone, Stones and Maguire at centre, and then the 3 man mm. midfield of Rice Phillips. And Bellingham, I want to give Bellingham a little bit more freedom. No
2: you
0: know. Benderson. No Benderson and no Mount, no. Uh, and my front three, I'm going to go Kane through the middle and Saka and Foden. And then off the bench, you know, you've still got Grealish, Rashford, Sterling. You've got the attacking options. And then we're, obviously we're going to have like Mount, Henderson. <laughs> <And laughs> i uh, Madison as well. So what about Kane, you?
2: Kane, Rashford and Sterling is quite, quite a formidable front three.
0: Yeah, no Grealish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that's a tough choice, isn't it? I don't know who I'd squeeze in. i out for a Grealish, you know. Um, always Grealish falling over and Kane scoring a penalty. That's definitely a strategy.
0: There you go, uh, Greg. There's a bet for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I also have over under five and a half. Average number of expletives English fans scream at <laughs> Harry Maguire, whether he's on the pitch or not. <laughs> Always going to get it. A also, um, okay. a, non, a non-US or non-England parlay, over under two and a half punches thrown at Cristiano, over under one and a yep. half by his own teammates. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Bruno. It is going to be Bruno. He's going to have him.
2: So we're going to as a, as a back yep. two. Yep. Walker if, as a third if he's playing a back three.
0: If he's playing um, a back three, yeah, then mm. I, would, I would take uh, – I still have Trippier. On the, on the right wing back Shaw on the left wing back
2: Trent and Shaw Is the wing back soon
0: Not Trent No I'd have Trippier I Just just on form
2: mm-hmm. um, I like the idea Of Trent getting more forwards So yeah If we are playing three At the back I'd prefer Trent um, It's just and that yeah, midfield
0: free, is isn't it We've got, two, we've got a two. lot
2: of options Up front that, that That's definitely Definitely a plus
0: Yeah I like the attack yeah. so I've gone for Kane Saka and Foden now, you could quite easily go Sterling and Grealish instead of Saka and Foden, but I just... Yeah. Yeah. You could, apart from Kane. Kane stays where he is, right? He's not moving yes. anywhere, but it's just whether who you want supporting him. I'm I, yeah, I'm going to go for Saka and Foden just on form. Grealish, definitely not on form. Same with Rashford, and Sterling hasn't been great this season, I don't think. But mm-hmm. again, Sterling's a great option off the bench. Yeah, I
2: don't know. So Sterling, when, when it comes to the big matches, he always seems to perform well.
0: Yeah, he does. And I, he's got he, he can. And I love the pace. Exactly, running out that uh, that uh, that tired US defence and getting a penalty, I'll take it. Yes, please. Yes, uh, a question for you guys then. Uh, Greg, I'll start with you because this is going to be fun. If you could assign the US to a Premier League team, uh, who they're more alike, who would it be, and and why is it Leeds?
1: And why is it Fulham? No, <laughs> it's, oh, it's not Leeds. <laughs> oh, no, it's, just because Leeds, of all the US. Leeds is the easy one because they have a US manager <laughs> yeah. and two US stars. Um, yeah. Boy, so it of, has yeah. to be it has to be a, a team that I feel like is a bit entitled, underperforming, but actually has potential. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Leicester, where it's a team that feels like they deserve to be in that top six conversation, but they're not really in that top six conversation. And plus you fucking hate the manager as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that could be worse than Greg Berhalter is if Brendan Rogers comes over and is now <laughs> U.S. team uh, manager. That that I think would put me into an early grave. I do believe that to be true.
0: <laughs>
3: Tim, uh, the easy answer. Well, yes, definitely. You can think of and say Leeds, but uh, it's definitely full. Uh, there is no question that it is. It, it's always been full. The thing is, is we've always been on the cusp of the top 20 teams in the world. So I think that's approximately fair. And with 17, yeah. you know, with 17 teams getting relegated this year, they've been doing really well. But they've had a hist- they've also have a history of U.S. players playing for them Clem Dempsey, Landon Donovan have uh, had owners uh, now who are uh, American based. So to me, I, I, it, it's full of. Uh, there's yeah. there's just something about it that just makes me feel I've always thought the closest team to the US is is like is form. That's an easy answer.
0: Kevin, same question to you, but for England. Got me Just say
1: Tottenham.
0: Yeah, that's mine. I'm going Tottenham. Just lot, lots of talent. Never good enough o- when it matters. Always the
1: bridesmaids.
0: Yeah, uh, history of bad managers with massive egos. Yeah, just it's, it's, it's Spurs. <laughs> that's, a,
2: that's a good shout. And when was the last time Spurs won anything?
0: Exactly. 1966. no
1: (laughs) yeah i'm with you i'm with you
0: greg you first combine five aside you have to use three englishmen and two americans in this
1: um Kane, easy i'd probably take saka as well and then i need someone at the back but you guys kind of suck at the back too yeah we do i'll take i'll take pickford i i can't believe i'm saying that but I mean, my other option is the is the backup goalie for Arsenal. So I'll, I'll go Pickford. Uh, and then I'm going to I'm going to go the, the, the leads duo of Adams and Aronson as my two Americans.
0: Ah, OK. And Tim. Uh, Pickford at the back.
3: That's an easy choice. Um, and then Kyle Walker is my center back slash uh, right back who can be dominant back there. And then last but not least for the um, for uh, for England, I am going to take Harry King. Then you've got Weston McKenney and you've got Christian Pulisic. Hmm.
0: Okay. Kevin, same question, but you have to pick three Americans.
2: Three Americans? (laughs) God, (laughs) why? Okay, a Polisic and McKenney. Would get in and the third,
1: you know, you want Walker Zimmerman. I can feel it in your voice.
0: I've got Dest, Aronson, and McKenny, and I've gone Kane and Pickford. It's a good choice, good
1: choice, yeah, good choice. yeah, Kane.
2: Okay, because you uh, like, uh, he, uh, Greg said, uh, second choice Arsenal goalkeeper or oh, Pickford, Pickford, Kane, yeah, those are the two. Um, you've
0: gone for two. I have
2: to have an American defender, make it Tim Reed, the, the legacy choice. <laughs>
0: Oh, wow. Okay, that's brilliant. Um, Predictions, then I'll go to Greg first, just because I want any specific match predictions in this one. Is there any that that are tickling your balls? Uh, It's
1: it really if we're talking specifically England, U.S., um, if if either England, if England drops points against Iran, England is going to win by two plus goals. So I the bet would be. England minus one and a half, not even like go beyond the money line and take England against the spread. If the U S wins and England needs points, I would actually go England minus two and a half. Cause I think England would stop the ever loving crap out of them. <laughs> if the U S needs points and England lets off, I would honestly bet the draw. I, I just, I think England, it would be a bit of a letdown game where they know that they will have to take points against Wales. Most likely, they know that game is going to be volatile and more heated because it's Wales versus England. So if the U.S. needs points and England is coming off of the win against Iran, I do like the U.S. draw. And then if, if both teams win, I'd probably, I'd probably just stay away because I think you'd get two teams that are just trying to not kill each other uh, and prepare for that third game where the U.S. would likely need a point against Iran to feel good, and England knows they can just beat Wales in advance. Yeah.
0: I, I quite like a bet in the first saying that half the American defense is going to pick up a yellow card.
1: Well, <laughs> I, mentioned, I mentioned this before uh, the other boys jumped on. If you want a U.S.-themed bet in a non-England game, the bet is in each of their last eight first World Cup games, a goal has been scored in the first 10 minutes of a United States game. So mm. if you wanted. If you wanted to bet either the over on first half goals or if you get really specific, and I think you can make a goal in the first 15 bet, it's great bet in the United yeah. States-Wales uh, game.
0: Um, Greg, score prediction?
1: Uh, 3-1 England. I, I just, Ooh. I think the U.S. will sneak one in, but I just, I'm thinking of Harry Kane going up against Walker Zimmerman, and it doesn't Zimmerman. end well for me.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to take a draw here. So I think it's gonna be one one and it's gonna be a Pickford holler and it's gonna oh, be just gosh. reminiscent and you are you're <laughs> the English media is gonna go crazy and finally they're gonna think oh is Pickford the right guy no I, I um, no nah, I, I don't think Pickford's gonna holler I think he's gonna I think he's gonna play fantastically but I I think it, it will be a one one We'll get like a cheap penalty thanks to um, Er, like an Erronson drive in the box or something like that, and England will get like a beautiful like a beautiful one-two connection, and then Raheem Sterling will tap it in. Um, I think it'll be not the prettiest game in the world, but all full of drama. And
0: yeah, that's it. That's my prediction. Kevin,
2: yeah, England's gonna win 2 0
0: Okay, I got England winning I, 2 0 How
2: penalty, you see them.
0: Okay, specific. Yeah, I'm going two-one, England. Um, Greg, who's going to win the World Cup?
1: Oh God, it's so boring to say it, but it's it's Brazil. Like yeah. they are the team best mm-hmm. built. They have the best path to the final. Um, Benzema going down yesterday makes me feel even more confident about it. Um, Who you go down? On? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. <laughs> you know what? No. I'm not going to get canceled today. I, I've decided. I'm going to be. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I know it's really boring to say, oh, the favorite's going to win the World Cup, but honestly, if it's not Brazil or Argentina, I just don't know who it would be, and I, I just like the Brazilian path a lot more.
0: Yep, I'm with you. I'm going Brazil, Tim.
3: Obviously, you, you lean towards Brazil, but I guess I want to be different. Uh, and by differences, is I think Germany will, uh, will take it.
0: Okay, no, that is quite different, I suppose. Yeah, uh, Kevin, who's going to win the World Cup?
2: I mean, Brazil's going to win it, but if I'm going to be different, I'll say France.
1: Okay. Uh, golden Boot? I, I'll say Kevin De Bruyne. I, I, just, I love picking him. I love rooting for him. I do think Belgium's going to be a little feistier than we're giving them credit to be in, specifically you, Ray. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll go KDB. I, okay. I think he does a number on this tournament.
0: I'm going to go Kylian Mbappe for the simple fact that he's got to play Tunisia and Australia, and I think France are going to go deep so there's only one person that's going to bang in their goals he's going to just have a yeah he's he's going to average a goal a game in the group at, at least so, yeah, Mbappe for me.
3: Tim? Yeah, it, if because Benzema uh, is out injured now, I would have been hesitant to take him because I think they would have split the goals. But Mbappe is the clear favourite with France. Uh, they play Denmark, Tunisia and Australia. He's going to pop in four within the first three games, and I don't think anybody's going to be able to take that. I think Harry Kane's going to score probably three. Free against America um, the and then. Yeah. And but if you're considering like long term, I don't think I think France is going to hit uh, they're going to they're going to hit out in the, the quarterfinals. So your next best bet is got to be Neymar. Um, I think mm, Messi yeah. is going they're going to say Messi and be like, oh, he's uh, you know, he's going to he's going to play more of a deeper line role like he has at PSG and he will be able to take penalty kicks. But um, I think he'll have the most assists in the tournament.
1: I'll, I'll say this: If you wanted to go a Brazilian, Vinicius Junior is fifty to one. Like that is oh, that is a wow. really that's, that's a good. really juicy bet. If the if you want uh who on Brazil is likely to be the the missile towards goal and they're gonna go deep, fifty to one is
0: really good. That's out. amazing. How is that? Ooh, 50 oh, or
1: yeah. fifteen? 5 uh, five zero. Last I saw. Yeah. Wow. Because I think what... uh, you just have to think: How does popular money bet? They're just gonna overload the Messi's, the Neymar's, Mm. the Mbappé's. They're going to overload the obvious choices. But if you want the guy who might actually be putting goals in for Brazil and make the juice worth the squeeze, Vinicius is really good odds.
0: But with the amount of attacking quality Brazil have, is he going to start? I don't
1: think he will. That's that's the rub. You don't know for sure he's going to be in the squad for every game. At the same time, if Brazil does have these lopsided games, he'd come in the he can yeah. come into these death moments when they're already up four nothing, and he'll just make it
0: eight nothing. Yep, yeah, I, 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 I see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm definitely gonna have, have some money on that. That's definitely worth it. Um, Kev, who's golden Beat? Uh,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm glad that nobody else has said it so far. I'm going Memphis Depay. Um, yeah, I have a number, a number He was a uh, joint top top scorer in the European qualifying and uh, plus they, they've got Qatar. Senegal and Ecuador, I reckon you could get a hat trick in any of
0: that's a matches. good point. But I will say one thing uh, they don't have a natural number nine, and he's not a number nine, he plays off of it, which is why I think Cody Gakpo is going to have a great breakout tournament and then he's going to rub our faces in it because we could have signed him for 20 million after this I tournament. It, he's going to be about 50 million after this tournament, and I think he'll get more goals than
2: we should have spent all of our I know just on him.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I should have done, but yeah,
2: yeah, okay, I've got a couple of quizzes. It's called, y'all say tomato, we say arsehole. Or as the Americans would say, (laughs) you say tomato, we say asshole. So, yeah, it's just um, this week I was teaching uh, some of my students uh, American and British English and the differences. Uh, um, Yeah, we're a little bit more exposed, I think, to uh, American culture than Americans are to the British culture. Would that be fair to say?
1: Hey, now hold on. The Crown does really well on Netflix.
2: <laughs> well, um, because there's 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 two of you, um, I'm going to allow you to confer. You've got a little bit of an advantage, but Ray is uh, a self-confessed uh, yeah America file, so it, sh- it should be quite easy for you. Yeah, we'll start off with, with Tim and Greg then. So, um, I'll I'll give you what you call it. You have to tell us. You have to tell us what we call it. So, um, yeah, what do we call? Uh, bachelor party oh is it
3: is it a stag yeah it is is a hen and the hen and stag party
2: yeah you've uh, preempted my next question so um, i'll skip straight to the third
0: what do we call a hickey i know of course you know
1: do you do you just call it herpes and call it a day (laughs) (laughs) call a doctor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i i honestly have no idea probably
3: a love bite isn't it
2: yes ah yeah what do we call pickup lines so yeah it's a way oh. to get your hickey your love bite
1: um i don't know boy i don't know I'm, I, I'm i'm relying on tim whether tim is all-knowing or
3: well i would just go with swear words because it's probably your uh term in d- terms of endearment and affection is just, <laughs> yeah. just swearing at somebody else and seeing if they uh <laughs> See if yeah, they yeah, like sorry. you. or not.
1: <laughs> Um, What do we say then, Marie? Uh, is it chat up? It's a chat up line, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. that's That just doesn't make any sense. What you? Anyway, I can talk up. to any, I can talk to anybody. Are you guys just more like you're just more aware of the alphabet than I am? I guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you, you can you can chat someone up.
1: Yeah, but I I can chat anybody up. I they're only specific people I'm trying to pick up.
2: <laughs> I only pick up rubbish. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, your your love bite. Uh, if you want to disguise it. Uh, what what do we call
1: a band aid? Oh, I used to know this. Am I allowed to answer any of these? No, oh. I not, not until they aid. I'm just going to. Oh, God. Tim's probably <laughs> it's probably something. It's probably something so easy and so obvious that I'll be like, well, it can't possibly be that. Like you just call it a wrap or something.
0: That's a sandwich, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. <laughs> well, we ha- we have twenty seven ways to say sandwich. If you ever want to get into that.
3: <laughs> so you're saying like so like make I would say make so fun fact band aids is actually a company so it's a branded term just kind of how like frisbee is uh, to flying disc. Um, so I'm gonna go with um, a bandage.
0: Mm.
2: We- We'd say a sticking plaster.
0: A plaster, yeah, a
3: plaster.
2: Plaster. Yeah, yeah. we. You talk about a band aid solution to something. We talk about a sticking plaster. Um. All right, one more. Yeah. What do you? What do we call a a crosswalk?
1: Oh, Abbey Road. <laughs> <laughs> the beard, is it just like something off the White Album? <laughs> well, yeah. Listen, I don't know how you Brits do with <laughs> with your jingo jingo over there. All right. <laughs> Bingo Rango jingle. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, a petty? You call it a petty?
3: I don't know Still what that mind. is. Uh, I'm going to go with something like a line over.
1: I've never no. heard of that. So.
0: Right? I, I have no idea what a crosswalk is, but I, is it some sort of... It's not a sidewalk, is it? Is it a zebra crossing?
2: Yeah, a pedestrian
1: crossing. Oh, so it is a petty.
0: Oh
3: yeah, but if people oh, say if catchy. you said pedestrian crossing, you, you, people know exactly what it well, is. Well, we've over got here.
0: we've got we've got zebra, we've got pelican, we've got puffin.
3: Ah,
2: uh, yeah, they're they all technically rather different, aren't they?
0: Yeah, well, some of them have got buttons. Some of them, like a zebra crossing or a zebra crossing as you would call it, uh, they 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 have to stop as soon as they see it,
1: like Abbey Road. Yeah, I mean, in the United States, you're supposed to stop. But uh, if you've been to <laughs> New York City, you're taking your life in your own hands there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: all right <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah we've got four more and uh, there's 10 10 each okay um so um what do we call uh, the a dumpster the kind that you might put some uh uh trash. buildings into yeah
1: well i know you call trash just rubbish generally right yeah but i mean the big mess ones you can oh, tell right. them the correct answer um uh, so what do you call an actual dumpster is it just harry Maguire? <laughs> it's got a head like one, isn't it? It's big. Is it too big? Like, is that too big? I'm gonna, I'm gonna nominate Harry Maguire as my actual guest.
2: Tim, <laughs> do you have to
3: Oh uh, well, it'd be, uh, I don't. It's a bin, so it'd be like a giant bin or like a skip bin or something like that.
2: Skip, yeah, yeah
3: skip, good. A skip, skip, yeah. skip bin. Yep,
2: nice one. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's another um brand name, but yeah, what do we call Scotch tape?
3: Sticky, Tim. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, a bandage. A bandage again.
2: <laughs> oh, <okay>.
0: Harry Maguire. <laughs> no, is it is it Sellotape?
3: Sellotape.
2: Huh. Yeah. What's a brand name? Okay. Two more.
1: Um, how do you say counterclockwise? Oh. Is it just? Do you just go Australian? Because doesn't everything go backwards in Australia? <laughs> we're, like we're, when you flush the toilet? When you flush the toilet in Australia, the water goes the other way. It's yeah, really we're not we're not weird.
0: Southern Hemisphere though. Like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but i just don't know if you just refer to everything as australian if no. it goes backwards <laughs> uh counterclockwise i i don't know i i'll be heard us say this
0: the other way anti-clockwise anti-clockwise
1: pacifier the kind you'd give a baby what do we call it oh i i think i actually know this one Go on, Greg. Oh, is, it, is it just something as simple as like a sucker? What, you're going to surprise me then. I thought I, I I liked this a lot better when I knew what a stag party was.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what my wife calls me all the time. Yeah, that
1: sounds a dummy. Good.
0: A dummy, yes. Yeah.
1: Oh.
2: All right. Okay. Tim's just saved you got five out of ten. So I think not we're too bad. can you do better than that?
0: Yes. All right.
2: Um. All right. So what do they call bird watchers? No idea. No idea. No idea. Guys, you all know. Yeah,
1: I, I call them weird. I don't. I don't I'm think I. <laughs> you don't call I'm them bird
3: birders.
1: Bird oh, I've heard. I've heard birders, but like I, I don't think it's ever been used casually. So I've
2: never heard anyone that's not an American say bird 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 no?
3: watcher. Yeah. So bird. I, I mean, bird watcher. Is I've, I've right. never heard that before.
2: So. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. What What do they say for uh for hand
3: luggage? Carry on. Yes. Yeah, is that right? That is correct.
1: I mean, it's correct if I'm going on a plane. I don't yes. think I would ever call something a carry-on bag if I wasn't on a plane.
3: We'd call it an overnight bag as well.
1: Yeah, so, I'd, I'd, I'd probably more commonly call it an overnight bag.
3: But you know, I um, mean, specifically the, the
2: the luggage that you don't check in. Yeah,
1: yeah if I if it's I'm a it, yeah, if I'm in an airport, it's a carry-on.
2: That's the one. All right. Um, curtains, the kind that you'd put up over and Oh, window. uh, drapes. Yeah. Be right there.
1: Yeah. Cause blinds, blinds are a little something different where like yeah. it, they're, they're not that actual material. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. Um, I oh, oh, oh,
2: I reckon you maybe do call it sometimes the same as us, but, um, yeah. What do they also call a laptop
3: computer?
1: Um, no. Ah, gents, uh, the hands. Would, I've only ever called it a laptop.
3: Yeah. Really? For me. I mean, is it a handheld? No, do you not call them notebooks? Yeah, so, uh, so well, that, Mac Mac a Mac is a, a, a Mac computer laptop. is a, it's a type it's a type of laptop. Yeah. So yeah, it's a notebook. Yeah, uh, it would be and easy. like
1: the the and the, the Chrome notebook is like I would more commonly refer to that as like an iPad. Oh,
0: yeah, I don't I don't feel bad about not knowing that one.
1: All oh, right, okay. If you um, if it, you told me if you told me you were bringing your notebook over to watch football. I would think you're bringing a pen and paper. Yeah. Ah, okay. This should have been the entire podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's probably going to be. Um. So yeah, you. We might say uh, I'd rather cut my throat with a blunt knife. But what would they call a blunt knife?
0: Uh, no, I don't know. No. no I
1: I, I'd say. I mean, if it's either butter knife or dull knife, right? Dull. Yeah. Yeah. Dull.
0: dull. Dull knife. Right. Dull okay. knife. Butter knife
3: or dull knife. Not
2: yeah. sharp. Yeah, dull,
1: dull means boring, and where, where are we I mean, it also means boring here, it, but it ah. is, it it does refer to uh, if a knife isn't sharp, you could say it's dull.
2: Oh, okay. How might they also? You might use your your blunt knife or your dull knife uh, to cut up some some healthy food. What would they say? Maybe not healthy, but
0: no, no, I'm sucking at this. Am I
1: right in saying that you sometimes say healthful? Healthful. Mm. No, I I don't I don't think I've never heard never. of
0: never no I've you've never, never heard, heard that, that? No. yeah because oh, I listen
1: to some American podcasts and they quite frequently say healthful why well, I I think you listen to some weirdos there Kevin <laughs> I, I,
3: it could be it could be is it like a is it like a food-based podcast where they're using it as a term to describe like a oh, yeah, the mechanism a to eat yeah. yeah I could I could see that but it's not in common day society
2: oh, okay. all right. This one definitely is. Um, what do they call a plug socket? So you can plug in your notebook computer.
0: A wall, so- a wall socket, a uh, plug. I should know this.
1: Do you guys know what we're talking about? I do. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. this one, this one I know confidently.
0: Plug socket. It's a plug socket.
1: <laughs> I know it's a plug socket.
0: <laughs> I don't know then. I'm gonna kick myself with this one. I feel like I should know this. No, I don't know. I give up.
1: We're talking about an outlet, right?
0: Yeah. Outlet. an electrical oh, wow. outlet yeah.
1: yeah it's also if you ever play pickup basketball you hear a bunch of out of shape white dudes yelling outlet outlet to try to yeah. get an ass down the court yeah. yeah also means a plug in the wall oh okay <laughs> wow okay um
2: so ray you need to get all three of these to take it to sudden death
1: oh fucking hell
2: these uh so the item of clothing that gareth southgate made uh famous and popular so what's a waistcoat <laughs>
0: Oh, tank top, uh, pullover, jack jacket, waistcoat, pullover. You
2: get, you get one cardigan. You get one option, mate.
0: Uh, is, is it one of them?
1: It's definitely not a cardigan because he's not wearing not sweaters. It's not
3: any of them. A yeah. cardigan is a full sweater.
0: Yeah. So a a waistcoat, yeah, like they wear at the at, uh, um at the snooker. Like,
3: yes. Dinner jacket. The jacket's the full
0: jacket. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think he's losing it. Oh fuck's sake! No, I don't know. No. The vest. That, yeah, oh, a vest, just a vest. All oh, right, yeah. That's okay. the vest.
2: Just easy. Do like, you remember that um, Mr. Burns song?
0: See my vest. Yeah. Yeah. It was a waistcoat. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really think about. It, ones... it's,
1: it's funny. It's funny that you would say waistcoat because by implying coat, I'm thinking like in America we would assume it has sleeves. If it doesn't have sleeves, it has to be a vest.
0: That's, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, it, it's not a coat. All right.
1: Um, you, 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 you,
2: so yeah, there was two two left, but you can redeem yourself slightly. What do they call a staff room in the school?
0: Oh, oh my God! I started off so well. Welcome to my life, man. Staff room.
3: Uh, you got this. You got this. I believe in you. You can thanks, do it, Tim.
2: I'm going to say it sounds a lot more swanky in an American school than.
0: I don't know. I'm sorry. I thought I was going to do a lot better at this, but I've completely blown <laughs> out. No, I don't so that,
1: know. So staff room. I'm assuming you mean faculty room. Teachers' lounge. Teachers', oh, lounge. teacher's lounge. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's yeah, lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I was going to say faculty, but I thought, Doesn't no, that sounds nice. Yeah, that's what they call, like, the staff and stuff, isn't it? The faculty.
1: But, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would, if you, if you called to the staff room, I would have assumed you thought to say bathroom and would have told you where the bathroom was. Yeah, it's either teacher's lounge or faculty room, for
2: okay. sure. One last one that I was going to give to Ray, but I'm, I'm going to flip it and give it to you, to, to you I bet I know this one. Yeah. Do you call it a traffic circle?
1: Oh, no, it's a roundabout. Ah, okay. Well,
2: that's
3: a good job I didn't ask that question, then. Now, if you're in New England, it's called a rotary.
1: <laughs> that's nice. – no, come on. No, as 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 someone that grew up in Connecticut, we only called them roundabouts.
3: Wow. Oh, New, wow. True – I mean, we're talking New Hampshire here, so it's a – in Boston, it's a rotary.
1: Well, Bos- Boston's fucking weird, so I'll, yeah. get, I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah. Every, have you ever seen someone lay out a map of traffic patterns in Boston – Someone was fucking trashed when no. they made roads. <laughs> it's the cow across pass. Other roads.
3: It's literally it's, the cow pass, and then they just put roads over them. That's how, it's, it, that's how it was.
1: It's and, nuts. It's, you look at New York City, and while it's congested and crazy, it makes sense. Then you look at Boston, and it's like one road is going in seven different directions at the same time.
3: Come to Chicago, man. Everything is on a perfect grid, and it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's utterly fantastic. The dream. It's perfect.
2: All right. So, yeah, these are individuals. So I'm going to give you four places, names of four different places. And you have to tell me whether they're in which one's in Wales, which one's in England, which one's in the USA and which one is in Iran. Oh, God. Okay, so, Ray, I'll start off with you. Mm -hmm. Cox, my anus, Sodom and Jism.
0: (laughs) These are all places and they're all in Mm -hmm. those four countries.
2: Yeah, each of them are in one of the.
0: Okay, uh, so Cox, I'm going to say is in is in England. Jism is in <laughs> is in Iran. Uh, my anus has got to be in the U.S. Uh, and Sodom would be Wales.
2: You've got it, Yeah, home run. Nice yes. <laughs> hey. All right, um, Greg. Oh, hit me. Plump, ass, Felch, <laughs> and thong.
1: I'll go Felch, Wales, thong, Iran, ass, England, plump, United States.
2: Absolutely wrong.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> plump is in Wales. Ass is in Iran. Uh, thong is in Kent, in England, and <laughs> Felch is in Michigan.
0: Oh. oh, Felch.
2: <laughs> Who have thunk? Um, and <laughs> Tim. Let's
3: do your this. Choi-
2: your, your choices are dick,
3: droop, shit, <laughs> and. Pant. Uh, so let's go with uh, Dick is in Wales Droop is in Iran Shit is in the US And Pant is in England
0: I think they're all in Wales to be honest <laughs> <laughs> Tim also um,
2: Yeah nothing there um, Pant um, I didn't give it to Ray Because there's a lot of places that have got Pant in it I don't know what it means in Welsh But yeah that's in, in Wales And um, yeah, shit is in Iran. Uh Dick <laughs> Dorsa, and Dick is in Pennsylvania.
1: Dick, Pennsylvania. It, oh, I would have, yeah. in Tim's defense, Actually I would have thought, thought shit was in the U.S. too because Shit's Creek got really big here. So yeah. I would have just figured... It's Canada, though. That's, that's, that's that's Canada. Canada. Oh, those fuckers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really want to go to shit Iran
1: now.
2: Oh. <laughs> I've wanted to go there since... I. Uh, I discovered Microsoft in, in Carter.
1: <laughs> I can't a, I can't say I've ever had the desire to go to Iran. Uh, no.
2: I'll, I'll be frank about that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say four place names. You're gonna have to, have to tell me which group it is. You get one shot each. Okay, we'll oh take God. it in turns. Okay, so come, shid, crap, and banjo.
3: What group? Oh shit, group We're gonna go with the H because it's gonna be Portugal, Uruguay, and and the other ones. Uh, it sounds about right. I thought of immediately put Portugal for nah. it. Nah. So. I'm right.
0: gonna go I'm gonna go group G.
2: Group G, it is group G. Yeah. Okay. okay. For for up to four points, can you can you match them to the countries?
0: Banjo Cameroon. Shid is in Switzerland. Come in Serbia. <laughs> Don't and the other one Brazil. Crap. Crap, yeah, in Brazil. There we go. Yeah,
2: no, but banjo is in Cameroon, but um, yeah, shids in Serbia, Com is in Brazil, and crap is in Switzerland. Uh, you get an extra point. You're killing this one. Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll give you another one. Pussy, buggery, middle fart, and fat NASA. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll go. I'll go group E for that one. No way. One of those. Those. One of those places has to be in Germany.
2: I'm going to go, know, e. I'm
0: gonna go is- e as well because pussy's got to be Japan, right?
3: I know this one. Go on then, Tim. Whatever the group that has Denmark in it, because Middle Fart is in Denmark, and I knew that.
2: Group D. All right, Group D. Yeah, go on then, Tim. Do you want to name the other three?
3: No, Fat Naster is going to be um, – that's going to be Australia. Um, Buggery is going to be um, – France.
2: No, you started so well. Um, yeah, Pussy uh, is in France. Uh, Buggery Mounts in Australia. And uh, fat masters in Tunisia, but you did pick up a point.
0: Oh Greg <laughs> said buggery was was in
2: Australia. <laughs> okay. Tit, poop, Ooh. hell, and fun time. Tit, hell, fun time, what was the fourth one? Poop.
0: Um, I'm gonna go group C.
1: I'll
2: go group H. Um it is group C though. Yeah,
1: yeah
0: H Funtime is in Argentina, tit is in Mexico, poop is in Poland, and the other one is Saudi Arabia.
1: Nope. Ah, yeah, I would have said hell is in Poland, for sure. Hell is in Poland, yeah. Ah. Hell, um,
2: poop's in Mexico, tit is in Argentina, and alfantime is in Saudi Arabia. Oh, damn it. All right, last one. Poor penis, cunting, rec- rectum.
0: There's no place called cunting, surely. But if there is, it's got to be Germany, right? Cunting, yeah, it's got to be group E.
1: Oh, I would have said group F. Tim, what would you say? Oh, yeah. Good point.
3: No, it's with Germany. I think it's Germany, too. No,
1: you're wrong. Uh, Ray, you get
2: another go, then. A. Yes, it is A. Which Just because
3: is that's which? the only group you haven't said. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, whore, penis, cunting, and rectum.
0: Whore, penis, cunting, <laughs> and rectum. This isn't right, surely. I'll tell,
1: I bet you cunting's in the United States, because nobody <laughs> thought twice about that one.
0: I think they could all be in the Netherlands. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, go on, tell me.
1: Um
2: rectum's in the Netherlands, uh oh. penis is or Pinas is in Ecuador, puntings well it's actually in the Gambia, but I counted it as Senegal. <laughs> and Al Al Hor is actually where we're playing uh against the United States, isn't it? Oh I
0: thought it was Al here There you go. I told you my Al
2: Al Hor. Um, can you match Spurt, Dildo, Tantan and Big Fart.
0: Big Fat. These places can't be real.
2: They are. Um, Big fart is translated from the original language. but
0: Okay, is it Morocco?
2: Big fart's not in Morocco. Shit. Shit's in Iran. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tantan's Canada. So you're saying uh,
1: Tantan? I, I'll... No, I bet you Squirt has got to be Croatia, right? Or like, maybe it has a different pronunciation. Mm, yeah, I could see that. Tim's quite silent.
0: That's because he's watching the fucking football with the rest of the. <laughs> no. I oh,
1: you
2: go
3: I I, I I agree with Greg no. Um
2: No, yeah, Spurts in Belgium, uh, dildos in Canada. Um,
0: oh.
3: It's in Nova Scotia. Uh, Tantans in
2: in Morocco and big Fart <laughs> is uh, translated from the Croat.
0: So all these places that you've just mentioned are now on my to go list. No, yeah. I want to do that selfie in front of the the the, uh, the sign. You are now in ass.
1: Well, I, I think I've been in come Brazil before, so I think I've got that one checked off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> totally uh, the, ch- the childish names of the world.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is totally a different direction. I thought this America-England uh, fixture was going to go down. But yeah, it was good. It was funny. Uh, thanks um, for that, Kev.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I've lived most of my life uh, in, in vain because I've been to many of these countries. and I haven't visited a single place Um haven't even, even been to droop indoors in it.
0: <laughs> no, I've never been to droop, but no. Okay, right. Um, I think that's it. We're going to go off and watch the rest of this game. There's only about five minutes left of it now, I think. Uh, thanks to to Greg uh, for coming along, and Tim, of course, and Kevin. Thanks for that wonderful uh, quiz.
3: <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, Yeah, best of luck up, to the U.S. Up, up the Yanks.
0: Hmm. oh by the way a quick question do you mind being called yanks is that something that you get offended by
3: no if you but if you were from alabama or mississippi and you were called a yank they would they would take offense to it but uh i think yankees are this day and age because it was it's been taken out of it's been so many years and by years i mean it's 200 years or so post uh we've made it our own uh we've made it our own and it's, it's unique to the world so to me, I don't take offense to it, but um, like I said, if you lived in Mississippi, they called me that, and because uh, I'm from Chicago, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah.
2: But we can both unite in calling them rednecks, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's if if a foreigner calls me a yank, that's fine. You don't know any better, it's fine. If someone in New York City calls me a yank, fuck you. I root for the Mets. And then if a foreigner, okay. if, a foreigner if, if a southerner calls me a yank, I remind them who won the war and what that war was about.
3: Yep. There you go.
0: That's <laughs> that a, is a all, I'll perfect go, there. Thank you. But yeah, guys, thanks very much for coming on. Um, it's been a blast.
2: Speaking of slavery, let's go and watch the World Cup in Qatar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I and on it. that note, uh, yeah, up the
1: England, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> fuck your tea. We're taking it back.